secret bunker somewhere outside of Nashville, Tennessee. This is the award-winning podcast, Reality. Good evening, everyone, and thanks for listening tonight. My name is Sandman, and I will be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call para-reality. Man, Snowmageddon 2021, right? It has been bad here in the Music City because from the South, we're not obviously prepared for this type of weather like you are if you live somewhere colder. And we do have like salt trucks and stuff like that, but uh, we're just not prepared like, you know, to, uh, I guess, do things like go to work and go to school and stuff like that because it's not commonplace. Like people who live in, I don't know, Green Bay, you know, you guys are used to just another Tuesday. You know, for us, it's like, oh, God, we got to shut down three quarters of the city. You know, no school. People can't go to work. People can't, you know, the grocery stores are closing, restaurants are closing, people can't get there. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, here uh, at, well, at my, my home, um, we got probably close to a foot of snow and ice accumulating over the course of the week. And uh, in my day job, I put in close to 100 hours at work this week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going on uh, two weeks' worth of work with uh, one day off per week, uh, working 12-hour days, sometimes longer than that. It's crazy, uh, but we survived. And uh, fortunately, I couldn't get the show out last night, but, you know, a day late is better than nothing. And, uh, you know, it's uh, supposed to get into the 50s this weekend, so let the great melt begin, you know. So, yeah, we survived Snowmageddon 2021. I'll probably put a few uh, pictures up on the Facebook page if you want to check things out and see how Snowmageddon looked from from my perspective here in the big nasty. So before we begin with tonight's episode, let me tell you how you can contact me here at the podcast because, as you know, there are a few different ways you can go about doing it, and here they are. First of all, you can email me. That is the quickest and easiest way to get in touch with me. The email address is sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Second, you can find me on Facebook by going to the Parareality page. That's facebook.com slash sandman.parareality on Facebook. And you can always message me on Facebook or leave me a me- or you know comment or leave me a message on the Facebook page. And uh, you can also get in touch with me by following me on my other social media accounts, such as Twitter and Instagram. My username on both of those is at Radio. That's on Twitter and Instagram, at Radio. And last but certainly not least, you can always call the show on the studio line at 615-692-1170 and leave me a message on the line there. You never know when I'm in the studio. I'm always in the bunker, it seems like, working on uh, 
something to do with the podcast, and I may answer the phone, but probably not. But uh, if, if you got a comment or something and you just want to call and leave a message, feel free. That number call is 615-692-1170, 615-692-1170. Leave me a message or comment or whatever on the voicemail. Now, there's only a three-minute limit on the voicemail. So if you uh, run out of time, just call it back up and, and uh, pick up where you left off. Now, we'll have to, to warn you. Simply by leaving me a message on the voicemail is giving me permission to play your comment or question back on the podcast. If you do not wish me to do that, you need to let me know somewhere in your message. Now, I'm always looking for interesting stories for the podcast. So if you got something you want to tell, you just want to call up and just give me a quick rundown on it. And, you know, maybe I'll get it featured here on the podcast. So once again, call that number, 615-692-1170. And those are all the different ways you can get in touch with me, Sandman, here on Parareality. Recap, email, sandman at parareality.com. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. You can always message me on Facebook or leave a comment on the show page there. You can also... Get at me on my other Instagram, my other social media accounts, which would be Instagram and Twitter. My username on both of those is at Radio. That's at Radio. And also don't forget, you can call that studio line, 615-692-1170. So those are all the ways you can get in touch with me here on the podcast. You may not know this about me. But I love to investigate haunted cemeteries. I've investigated several, and in fact, I kind of consider myself to be of like like, a, like an expert in investigating supposedly haunted outdoor locations. The challenges of doing an investigation outside are way different than doing those that are indoors. Noise and video contamination, of course, are the top two on that list. Whenever you investigate a cemetery, the feel of the investigation is different than any of the other locations. Oftentimes when you're investigating a location, you only have maybe a rumor or a legend that someone died on that particular property or at that particular location, or maybe someone's rumored to have to be buried on that spot, but you're not really sure. Well, when you're investigating a cemetery, you know that the dead are there. They surround you on all sides. So you don't have to wonder. You don't have to guess. You don't have to pretend. You know that the dead are all around you. Now, for myself, (coughs) excuse me, for myself, I don't think that there's anything more creepy than traipsing around a cemetery at night. And I'm not talking about some, I don't know, uh, Scooby-Doo type of investigation where you run around like a crazy person and making a lot of noise, hooping and hollering, and basically just being a dumbass. I'm talking about doing a real investigation where it's maybe just you by yourself or a very small crew with you, and you're being very quiet, and you're asking purposeful questions of the dead, and you're genuinely trying to make contact. So 
I decided that for tonight's episode, I'm going to count down my favorite top five haunted cemeteries here in the United States. I'll tell you where they are and what the legends associated with them are. And at the end, maybe, just maybe, it'll make you want to take a haunted road trip so you can investigate one of these legendary haunted cemeteries. But as always, to learn more, you'll need to turn on, tune in, and find out. But before we begin, it is time for my favorite segment of the show, one of my favorite segments, Fan Mail, with the ominous music in the background. This comes from Groove King Muzz. And this is in reference to uh, a episode that I did with Eric back about seven months ago on the Hollywood Star Whackers. And uh, this comment comes from, uh, via my YouTube channel, which I'll tell you how you can find that out later on at the end of the podcast. So this is what Groove King Muzz says. It's a little long, so bear with me. You need to research the subject a lot more before you give your final synopsis. You don't live out there, therefore you have no clue. Michael Jackson went through it. I'm not saying MJ was perfect. He was not. But naming the names Jackson did, Tommy Mottola, for example, was a bad idea. A power player with mob ties will not take kindly to venomous rhetoric. So they come at you with all their power and money behind it, and the Quades were arrested on bullshit charges. How do you squat in your own home? Come on, guys, more research into Quades claims. And that comes from Groove King Muzz on my YouTube channel in reference to a, a uh, podcast episode that I did about seven months ago with Eric on Randy Quaid and the Hollywood star Whackers. So, Groove King Muzz, sorry that uh, Eric and I did not research the show to your liking. There just isn't a lot of information about the Star Whackers out there, or at least there wasn't at the time of that particular episode. Now, I have no doubt that there are a lot of powerful people in Hollywood who manipulate things behind the scenes, but I don't think that there's really any proof that they have an actual secret society that meets regularly and plots the demise of certain people they don't like or see as a threat or anything like that. Individual people doing stuff like that? Yeah, probably so. Do those people recruit others to help them? Yeah, probably so. But there's not enough evidence to prove that there's some sort of secret cabal plotting to control Hollywood. However, that's just my opinion. You have yours and... I respect that. And as far as the Quades uh, getting arrested for squatting on their own property, I think they had, uh, uh, now this was been seven months ago, and so I'm trying to remember, they had either abandoned the property or been kicked out of the property or it had been foreclosed on or something like that, but it wasn't their property anymore. But anyway, like I said, you know, you, you have your opinion, and I respect that. Um, there just isn't, at the time, there wasn't a lot of information about the, the Hollywood Star Whackers. So uh, I did 
what I had. Um, you know, I did the best I, I, I could with what I had. So uh, thanks for the comment there, Groove King Muzz. And, you know, no hard feelings about anything. You know, people don't always like uh, podcasts like this. And sometimes people who do like conspiracy theories and paranormal stuff and UFO stuff, sometimes they don't like a particular episode or they, they disagree with uh, one of my opinions. And that's okay. You know, that's part of, of uh, life. Not everyone's going to have the same opinion. You know, contrary to popular belief, not everyone needs to have the same opinion because we don't learn and grow if everyone has the same opinion. So I respect your opinion as long as you respect mine. So uh, thank you, Groove King Muzz. I really appreciate you and you listening to the podcast. Thank you so much. That about does it. All right. On with the show. If you've got a comment or question you want to uh, email me about, hit that email address, sandman at parareality.com, and maybe, just maybe, you'll get your question comment featured on the fan mail segment. All right, let's start talking about the five most haunted cemeteries in the United States, according to me, the Sandman. Number five, the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Los Angeles, California. The Hollywood Forever Cemetery is one of the oldest cemeteries in the state of California. It's located on Santa Monica Boulevard, and there are many famous actors and actresses who are buried in this cemetery. And it's just down the road. As a matter of fact, it's on the same block as Paramount Pictures. Now, this cemetery is still an active cemetery and funeral home to this very day. It was first used all the way back in 1899, and it's comprised of over 50 acres of land. So it's pretty big, and it's, like I said, still an active cemetery. There are still thousands of spaces available, and New mausoleums are being built there all the time. People are being buried there all the time. So it's not just an old cemetery, but it's an old and active cemetery. This cemetery was named the Hollywood Memorial Park before it was known as the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Uh, like I said, it, it uh, was uh, first used in 1899. However, in the 1980s and the 1990s, uh, the man that owned it, his name was Jules Roth. He really uh, mismanaged the property and uh, did some uh, had some nefarious dealings, so I understand, and just really let the place go. Uh, it just uh, was 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 run down and just disgusting, and it was so bad that people actually paid to get their loved ones removed from their graves or from their crypts and relocated elsewhere. So that's pretty damn bad. How bad does a cemetery have to be for your family to go, I'm not letting grandpa rest in this shithole forever. I'm digging him up and moving him. That's pretty crazy. You know, there's a number one, a lot of money involved in that. Number two is not just as simple as going down there 
and getting a permit to move grandpa, there's a lot of legal loopholes that you got to go through to do that. So that has to be pretty damn bad for people to go through all that trouble. Now, sometime, I think in the 90s, a dude by the name of Tyler Cassidy took over uh, ownership of the cemetery, and uh, he spent millions of dollars to renovate it. Um, and after he purchased it, he you know, was trying to you know, bring it back up to its glory days, I guess, and that's when he renamed it from Hollywood Memorial Park to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which, of course, remains that name to this day. There are said to be three different entities that lurk on the ground of the cemetery. And it's also said that there are numerous entities that wander around the outskirts or the edges of the cemetery grounds, not actually going into the graveyard itself. Now, the cemetery has seen its fair share of bad stuff, you know, besides being mismanaged and everything. It was uh, the victim of grave robbers. Uh, there were some natural disasters and stuff that happened there. Um, but it still persists to this day. And the famous people that are buried there, it seems like are, some of them are still refusing to give up the spotlight. Many men and women who are buried here have made themselves known in one way or another. However, with that said, there are three entities or spirits that have been making their appearance known for many years and probably many more years to come. Now, the most famous is the woman in black. Now, like I said, there are several ghosts or spirits that are said to reside in this cemetery and the woman in black is probably the most famous. She is connected directly to Rudolph Valentino. Now, Rudolph Valentino is buried there. However, his ghost or his spirit is not one of the many that is haunting this cemetery. There is a woman who appears in all black and brings him flowers. Now, Valentino passed away at the age of 31 all the way back in 1926 after he had uh, surgery. He had complications from a surgery for an ulcer. There were over 100,000 people who attended his funeral. That's how popular he was. There were rumors, as a matter of fact, that a wax mold replica was used to protect his body at the service. And he was brought to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, was placed in a temporary spot located inside, inside the uh, Cathedral Mausoleum. Uh, he was in the second hallway on the left, and this spot was supposed to be temporary because a memorial was supposed to be built with life-sized statues of Valentino himself. That's really weird. But he wasn't doing it. It was somebody else, right? However, the temporary spot had come from a really close friend of his who had owned two plots that were next to one another. But unfortunately, in that same year, 1926, the friend, who was a woman, she suffered a heart attack and died. So she is now in a one of those two plots right next to him. 
Now, the family of Valentino had purchased a crypt for the widow of the dear friend, and this temporary home somehow has turned into a permanent one. And it wasn't until after he had been laid to rest that the woman in black began to appear. And she would appear on the anniversary of his death. She was well-dressed from head to toe in all black, which included a veil. Now, she would leave roses on his grave every year on the anniversary of his death. And she was, uh, a lot of people thought that she was, uh, her name was uh, Paola Negri, who who was the uh, name of the woman he was engaged to uh, while he was alive. And over the years, many women have come forward claiming that they are, of course, the woman in black. However, none of these claims have turned out to be true. However, we do know who the real lady in black was. Her name was Dietra Flame, and she died when she was 78 years old. She was never married, and... um. When she was 14, according to this, uh, she uh, was really, really sick. She was deathly ill. And several times while she was in the hospital, Rudolph Valentino, as a favor to her mother, I don't know how he knew her mother, but uh, Valentino went to visit her in the hospital, and he would always place a red rose in her hand and say, you are not going to die at all. You are going to live for many more years. But one thing for sure, if I die before you do, please come by and say hello because I don't want to be alone. And so she did exactly that for approximately 30 years. She would make a trip to the Valentino grave, dressed all in black, taking a single red rose. And uh, she died in 1984. Now, you're saying, well, this is supposed to be a haunted thing. Why isn't, uh, you know, this seems to be a real person. Why aren't, why are you, why are you doing this? Well, because it was such a mystery for so many years. There were so many women that came um, out and said, oh, I'm the lady in black just to try to get their 15 minutes of fame. But it wasn't true. Um, so we had this mystery going on for 30 plus years where uh, we didn't know who this woman in black was or even if she was a real person. A lot of people thought that she was uh, could have been some sort of spirit or whatever. And even to this day, there are still purported rumors of people seeing a woman in black at the grave of Rudolph Valentino. Now, is she still, because she came there so often in life, is this like a recording? Is, is, it, is it not a intelligent haunting? In other words, is it not a spirit? Is it just a ghost that's doing, because she, there was so much emotion placed in this, uh, this act, is she doing this because it's just a, there was, you know, a repetitive motion going on there it was something that that she put a lot of emotion in and she did it so often is this just simply a non-intelligent ghost haunting could be 
We don't know if um, the people who are claiming to see, continuing to see this woman in black, we don't know if they're seeing something different, if they're making it up, or if they're actually seeing a real person. There are people who out there who will you know, try to continue to perpetrate the the mystique and the, and the legend of the woman in black, but she is still pur- reported to be seen even to this day roaming around in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. The second popular ghost or spirit is that of Clifton Webb. Now, this is a man who passed away in 1966. Uh, he was a small-time actor. He was only in three different movies, and uh, it is said that his spirit haunts the Psalms and Abbey mausoleum. People have heard things like whispering voices. They've seen strange lights, experienced cold blasts of air, drafts, and the smell of cologne coming from the mausoleum or somewhere inside of the mausoleum. Not only does this man haunt the gravesite, but he also haunts his old house, supposedly, as well. So he's traveling back and forth between the two. And the third spirit out of the many that are there is that of Virginia Rapp. Now, she uh, had attended a party in on Labor Day in 1921, and this party was held at the St. Francis Hotel. This was a celebration for Roscoe Fatty, Arbuckle, who was a famous actor at the time. Now, he had acquired a movie contract, and the party was to celebrate this. This was a, you know, a, a big deal. However, at this party, Virginia had become ill, and she was so sick that they called an ambulance to come attend to her, and she died just a few short days later, at the tender young age of 26. Now, many claims were made surrounding her death. A lot of people claimed that Fatty Arbuckle had raped Virginia, and eventually Arbuckle was uh, found not guilty. However, because of this um, accusation against him, his career, obviously, as you can can guess, his career uh, went straight into the toilet around because of this. And around the site of Virginia's grave, people say that they notice uh, an icy cold feeling. And people have also heard what appears to be sobbing, a woman crying. And many believe that she's still still dealing with this traumatic event. She was healthy, something happened, she died, she wasn't prepared for it. Uh, so a lot of people think that uh, maybe she doesn't even realize that she's dead yet. No one knows exactly what happened to Virginia on that faithful Labor Day. However, many people suspect that Fatty Arbuckle, Arbuckle did, in fact, have something to do with her death. No one really knows why she's lurking around in the cemetery, but many visitors state that they can clearly see her weeping on the edge of the water that is located on as pretty damn scary. So that was number five, the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Los Angeles, California. Number four on my list is the Bonaventure Cemetery in Savannah, Georgia. Now, Savannah, Georgia is one of the most 
haunted towns in America, if not the world. Now, the Bonaventure Cemetery is located along the Wilmington River, and this cemetery is known for its gorgeous magnolia, dogwood, and live oak trees. It has all kinds of colorful azaleas and really interesting tombstones. Now, this beautiful setting has made more than, I don't know, it's, 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 it's over 150 years. So this beautiful setting has made the, the more than 150-year-old cemetery one of the most photographed cemeteries in the country. Now, probably the most famous picture of it was uh, that it was on the cover of the best-selling book, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, which was eventually made into a movie. <clears throat> Famously featuring Lady Chablis, who passed away just a, a, a few short years ago, who was the uh, transsexual person in the movie. And she made uh, the this line famous, uh, it ain't worth two tears in a bucket, so motherfuck it. And I love that. I love that saying. I say that all the time to myself, not out loud. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, so, like I said, it was on the the cover of the best selling book, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. And this place just it 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 almost beckons people to come into it. But among all of this natural beauty, there's a really dark, like supernatural side to this cemetery, and that just attracts paranormal investigators and, and people who are, I guess, ghost enthusiasts, for lack of a better word, curious visitors from really all over the world. The most well-known spirit here is that of uh, little Gracie Watson, who at only six years old, unfortunately, died of pneumonia. A statue that was carved in her honor stands in front of her gravesite and many people place like coins and toys at the base of this statue and those who've stood close to her gravesite have reported seeing this beautiful little girl and other people have said that they saw tears of blood streaming down from the angel's eyes on the tomb now, Bonaventure has several other elaborate statues, and guests have told accounts of these statues grimacing and smiling at them while they were standing in front of them or taking pictures of them or whatever. Now, this cemetery is not without its spooky or inexplicable sounds either, like that of a baby crying near an infant's grave, giggling children, uh, and probably the most disturbing would be the sounds of a pack of dogs snarling and barking angrily. But no one has ever seen the dogs, though many people have claimed to heard them. Now to have heard them. Now that is just so weird. Now I let me back up, okay? The the statue thing where people are saying that uh, the statues are grimacing and all this other sorts of stuff, I really don't place a lot of stock in that. I'm sorry, I just don't. Um, it's gonna. It, I think that's just made up stuff, or maybe people thinking they saw something that they that they didn't. However, what freaks me out more so than hearing sobbing of little children or or 
laughing or, or seeing a spirit of a, of a little girl is the pack of angry dogs. Where in the hell does this come from? Why do people hear the sound of a pack of dogs snarling and barking angrily in the cemetery? Now, it could be some simple explanation of, oh, these dogs are owned by someone who lives close to the cemetery and it's just sound carrying over. That is very, very possible. But there's been too many people over too many years where you would think, okay, this can't be the same pack of dogs. It's got to be different dogs, right? Maybe there's a pack of wild dogs roaming around in the area. I don't know. But that freaks me out more than anything else. I would love, love, love to go down and and go to Bonaventure Cemetery and investigate this myself. And I may do that one day. That's on my list. But, man, that that freaks me out more than anything else. Moving on down the list to number three, Bachelors Grove Cemetery in Chicago, Illinois. Now, this is one that a lot of people know, they've heard of. It makes top lists of haunted cemeteries and haunted locations all the time. Bachelors Grove is probably one of the, the top haunted cemeteries that people want to go to as far as paranormal investigators are concerned. So there's, there's, there's not a road sign that points the way to Bachelors Grove Cemetery, but it's quietly nestled in the Rubio Woods Forest Preserve right outside of Chicago, Illinois. There's only a small dirt path that winds its way through the woods, eventually stopping in front of what many people believe is one of the nation's most haunted cemeteries. Like I said, it makes the top lists of haunted cemeteries all the time. Now, this is a small cemetery, but it's the resting place of about 150 people. It's just one acre in size, and it's named for the, you know, depending on your your viewpoint here, there are two theories, or there are two stories, excuse me, about how it was named. One says that it's named for the unusually large number of single men buried there. And another that I have heard is that the cemetery itself was founded by four men who were bachelors. But either way, the name is Bachelors Grove. Now, the first burial recorded there was in 1844. And the last burial there, which was just basically uh, an interment of ashes in an urn, was in 1989, so it hasn't been all that long ago that the last burial was there. However, the last real body, the last whole body, I should say, that was buried there was in 1965. So you had a large gap between 1965 and 1989 before anybody was was buried there. So you get last full body, 65, ashes, 89, and that's been it. Now, people who go to Bachelors Grove say that they feel an overwhelming sense of despair and isolation in this graveyard and that there have been literally hundreds of ghostly experiences reported in this cemetery. Hundreds. Now, I can understand people feeling isolated in this graveyard because it is in an isolated Location. As a matter of fact, that may be one of the very things that made it so appealing to uh, local mobsters in the 1920s because it's thought that 
there were a few mob hits that uh, ended up in Batser's Grove Cemetery and the pond adjacent to it. Now, while almost every area of the cemetery appears to have some kind of paranormal activity, there are an unusual number of incidents reported near the pond. There are dancing lights and ghostly forms that are seen here, and they are most commonly believed to be the victims of these gangsters, and they their bodies wound up at the bottom of this pond. And local legends also tell a little bit less violent stories. Uh, for example, in the 1870s, there was a farmer who was plowing uh, his field. He lived nearby, supposedly, and for some reason his horse got spooked and ran into the pond, and the man was unable to stop the horse and was dragged into the water, and unfortunately, because of the weight of the plow, both he and the horse drowned. Now, visitors to the cemetery have caught a glimpse of a pair of shadows resembling a horse and a man with a plow, thought to be the phantom team continuing their work in the field. Now, what I don't understand about this, this was the 1870s, so the guy was probably one of those horses that had the plow hooked up to it and with the handles on it, and the guy was behind the plow holding onto it. You know what I'm talking about? And why didn't he just let go? I don't know, but this is a story, right? So we don't know if it's true or not. Also in the cemetery, there is a uh, legend of the white lady or sometimes the Madonna, as she is uh, sometimes known. Now, this spirit is said to wander through the cemetery at night, seemingly searching for something, but we don't know what it is. Folklore says that it's possible that she's looking for her baby because it's thought that this woman had a baby that was buried next to her. Now, some sightings, some some people who see this uh, entity say that she appears to be holding a small child in her arms. So maybe she's not looking for the baby. Maybe she already has the baby. I don't know. She's also known as Mrs. Rogers, but like I said, we don't know who she really is. Her true identity remains a secret. Now, within the cemetery itself, there are dozens of reports of things like bright lights bouncing from tombstone to tombstone. Oftentimes, these lights are said to follow behind a two-headed man which is one of the most curious and unexplained of all of these cemetery spirits that are you know, that are said to, to be out there, a two-headed man. Another strange phenomenon in Bachelor's Grove is the appearance of an entire ghost house. Yes, an entire house is supposedly uh, appears there from time to time. It's a Victorian-style house, and it's like picturesque. It's supposedly surrounded by a white picket fence, and what happens is there's this mist that emerge, that that comes through the cemetery, and this house emerges from the mist, and then it slowly fades away. Now, all reported attempts to reach the house before it disappears has, of course, been unsuccessful, as you can imagine. And even the roads surrounding Bachelor's Grove Cemetery seem to be haunted. Motorists 
have reported being forced to swerve in order to avoid hitting ghostly cars and trucks, and some people have actually been run off of the road. There's just some kind of dark overtone to Bachelor's Crow Cemetery that may help explain the scene, the sense of unimaginable sadness that's often encountered while visiting this location. In addition to the appalling amounts of litter strewn throughout the cemetery, the grounds have been victim to countless acts of vandalism and destruction throughout the years, unfortunately. Most of the cemetery's 150 tombstones are missing, and of the 20 out of 150, there's only about 20 or so that remain. Out of those, the majority of these have been like pushed over or broken. Now, it's not uncommon to find graves that appear to have been dug up, and rumors began to spread that Satanists were operating in the area and conducting rituals and digging up graves for bones or who you know who knows what else of course you know you, anytime you have a, a, a isolated old cemetery like that you always have the rumors of satanism in the area but all of this destruction and darkness may help to explain why bachelor's Grove cemetery is, has such a large amount of reported paranormal activity there's just a lot going on in this one acre cemetery uh, once again, it's some place that I would love to go visit myself. I'm not too far from Chicago. You know, I'm not saying it's not a day trip, but it's certainly doable. Now we get down to the top two. Now, number five and number four, I had no problems with. One, two, and three, I had problems with with these. I uh, I kept going back and forth between uh, making. Uh, Bachelor's Grove, my number two, and then making my number two and number three. But ultimately, this is how I wound up. So number five is the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, Los Angeles, California. Number four, the Bonaventure Cemetery in Haunted Savannah, Georgia. Number three, Bachelor's Grove Cemetery, Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. I always put the S on the end for some reason. Number two is Union Cemetery in Easton, Connecticut. Union Cemetery sits just off the junction of Route 59 and 136 in eastern Connecticut and, as the legend says, is the home of the White Lady, another White Lady, right? This is a, a spiritual, a spirit, spiritual entity, ghost, if you will, that allegedly walks through the cemetery. Now, the late Paranormal investigator Lorraine Warren believed that this was true, said that she had witnessed the white lady herself. As a matter of fact, she says, and I quote, I can tell you that I know for a fact that this place is haunted. It's one of the most haunted places around. Now, Lorraine and her husband, Ed, were probably some of the most famous paranormal investigators, at least two of the the first two famous paranormal investigators probably ever. Um, they lived right down the road from this cemetery, and they supposedly visited this place many times to document all the paranormal activity that was going on there. They even have what they said is a video of the white lady herself. 
They claim to have actually witnessed her walk right down the gravestones, weaving in and out of them, although I've never seen this video. Now, many others have posted videos of the cemetery to YouTube, but haven't actually caught the white lady on camera, at least not yet. So the story of the white lady's been passed around for decades around there. She appears in a white nightgown or maybe a wedding dress, gliding between the Union Cemetery in Easton and the Stepney Cemetery just down the road in Monroe, thus being the only ghost that I know of who haunts two different cemeteries. Now, why this is, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else knows either. One of the most popular tales about the white lady is that late one evening, a man was driving down Stepney Road in his pickup truck just past Union Cemetery. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a woman appeared in the middle of the road. She was wearing a white dress. The man in the pickup truck couldn't slow down in time and thought that he struck the woman. So when he pulled over to investigate, she was nowhere to be seen, and there was no sign of anyone being hit, and the truck was undamaged. So was this a ghostly apparition of the lady in white? That's what the belief is. Now, no one to this day has ever figured out who this lady is or who she was or why is she haunting not one but two cemeteries. Several theories have emerged on the origin of this infamous ghost, including a woman who died centuries ago. There was supposedly a gravestone in Union Cemetery belonging to someone named Harriet B. Seeley. And Seeley's gravestone states that she had a son who died before her in 1853. Some theories identify Seeley as the ghostly entity of the white lady who is in search of her dead son. But we don't know. People who have investigated Union Cemetery say that there's a spiritual energy there that can be felt in the air. Some paranormal investigators believe that the energy is unfortunately not the souls of the departed, but in fact a more sinister type of spirit, spirit that is attracted to what the cemetery itself represents, death, decay, grief, sadness, mourning, loss, depression, abandonment, all the things associated with death. Now, people from all over the country flock to this cemetery in hopes of documenting some kind of paranormal experience. Now, if you do a quick search online or if you go to YouTube, you'll find a lot of personal accounts of stuff happening in this cemetery. Due to the high traffic volume, especially at night, the police have basically said cemetery is off limits to the public after dusk. So if you're going to go there and you're going to visit and you go in after dark, you are trespassing, don't get caught or you'll get in trouble, possibly even go to jail. Now from a paranormal research standpoint, 
there's been a lot of unusual and unexplained occurrences within this cemetery. Things like documented temperature abnormalities, sounds like whispers or voices when no one else was around, and of course, the pictures that defy explanation. However, the white lady stands out as the most dominant spirit at this location. And those are the top four. So let's recap. Number five, Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Los Angeles, California. Number four, Bonaventure Cemetery in Savannah, Georgia. Number three, Bachelors Grove Cemetery in Chicago, Illinois. Number two, Union Cemetery in Eastern Connecticut. And finally, that leaves us with one and only one, which this should not come as a surprise to anyone. My number one top haunted cemetery in the United States is, drumroll please, St. Louis Cemetery number one in New Orleans, Louisiana. This has a lot of stuff associated with it, but I'm only going to be talking about three. So, St. Louis Cemetery number one. This is probably, well, this is New Orleans' oldest gravesite. It was established by Spanish royal decree on August the 14th, 1789. It's also considered to be one of the most haunted cemeteries in all of the United States. In the span of just one city block, this is amazing, this burial ground holds over 700 tombs and over 100,000 dead bodies and counting because it's still an active gravesite. So people are being buried on top of each other there. Literally, that is no joke. At one city block, over a hundred thousand dead people and counting. That is freaking amazing. So is it any surprise that this cemetery is rumored to be probably one of the most honest cemeteries in America, if not the whole entire world? Well, hell no, it's not. For over two hundred years, there have been reports of people having run-ins with the ghosts which calls St. Louis Cemetery number one home. St. Louis Cemetery has been around for almost 300 years. In that time, untold numbers of people have been laid to rest there. So when trying to answer the question of who is buried at St. Louis Cemetery number one, you'll find yourself trying to answer a question which is almost impossible to answer. It could be almost anybody. However, there are a few ghosts which are seen here more often than others. In these cases, we have a pretty good idea who they are. The first one, and probably the most famous, would be Marie Laveau, the voodoo queen. She, like I said, is probably the most famous ghost or spirit which is seen within St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. Now, she is commonly, Marie Laveau is commonly known as the Voodoo Queen. 
She was born in 1801 and would become the most revered and most feared voodoo practitioner in New Orleans history. She practiced fortune-telling, the occult, and worked with herbal remedies. As awareness of Marie's skills and power spread throughout the population, her fame grew and she gained unimaginable strength. Legend has it that she knew all of the secrets of all levels of society. So no doubt she did. As hordes of people just fawned over her, begging for her to help them with their problems or to assist them in their own rituals and spells. She was literally the go-to voodoo practitioner in New Orleans during the 19th century. The ghost of Marie Laveau has been spotted in many locations throughout the French Quarter, including meandering down the street past her old house at 1022 St. Anne Street. She's most recognizable by the red and white turban that she has on her head and by the brilliantly colored clothes she wears. But even as people follow her, she disappears, vanishes right from their very eyes. Within the cemetery, individuals have reported seeing the ghost of Marie Laveau walking through the tombs. And for those willing and and risking to disregard her or her beliefs or her religion, reports exist of people being scratched, pinched, shoved to the ground. As they say, Marie is not always deemed the friendliest of spirits. Perhaps the most interesting of all is the practice of marking the tomb of Marie Laveau with three X's while asking her for a favor or making a wish. Legend, truly just legend, has it that if the wish is granted, the person is required to return and place a gift at the side of her tomb. Unfortunately, this has led to a lot of vandalism, including two instances when the entire tomb was painted a Pepto-Bismol pink. That's just disgusting. The result was the Archdiocese of New Orleans closing the cemetery off to the general public after March 2015. Now today, only people on licensed tours may proceed inside. But even the change in policy hasn't stopped guests from experiencing something otherworldly at Marie Laveau's tomb. Visitors have reported all kinds of paranormal experiences while trying to interact with the deceased voodoo queen. Things of like being touched, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, becoming unexplainably sick. Hearing voices emanating from inside the tomb. This is all things that are said to happen at the grave of Marie Laveau. Now, as a courtesy, if you do visit the tome of Marie Laveau, please do not leave marks of any kind on it. It is considered vandalism and must be stopped in order to preserve this historic yet haunted location in New Orleans. Plus, you know, if you know what Marie is capable of, even after her death, are you really willing to face her? After death. 
if she had all this power during death, does she still have it? Is it increased even though she's not alive? I don't want to risk it. And neither should you. Second, we have the spirit of Henry Vines. Now, the story of Henry Vines is, is really tragic and sad. He was a sailor during the 19th century, and he really did not have a home to speak of. He was a sailor, a nomad. He, he was a wanderer, a vagabond, traveling here and there and sailing on the high seas. But in New Orleans, when he was there, he lived at a local boarding house, but he was constantly worried about his important documents while he was away from the boarding house, so much so that before departing on one of his voyages, he asked the owner of the boarding house to keep all of his papers if he died. And these papers included his family tombs. The owner of the boarding house promised Henry that all would be well. He says, you have nothing to worry about. But, as you can probably guess, all was not well. While Henry was at sea, the owner sold Henry's family tomb. Now, he discovered the treachery when he returned to New Orleans. So, he wasn't ever able to rectify this problem legally or on his own terms. And shortly after his return, he got really sick and he died. But as his tomb had been sold, there was no money to build another. And Henry's body was thus buried in an unmarked grave in the pauper section of St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. Although his body was laid to rest over a century ago, the legend of Henry Vines is still still there. The ghost, the spirit, is seen wandering the cemetery. He's described as being tall with blue eyes. So corporal does his spirit appear that the visitors of the cemetery have actually spoken with him. He strolls up to tourists and he asks if they know where the vine's tomb is and uh, says that he's having trouble finding it, and allegedly his spirits even turned up to funerals appearing behind the grieving funeral goers to ask if there might be any more room in the tomb for him. That is creepy, man. His spirit has even been caught on camera, and so has the distinct sound of a male's voice on EVP proclaiming, I need to rest. Now, for the ghost of Henry Vines, it doesn't seem that rest has ever come easy or that it ever will. And that leaves us with the final spirit. At least the final one I'll be talking about. Alphonse. Now another lost ghost haunting St. Louis Cemetery Number 1 is that of Alphonse. Like Henry Vines, it seems the spirit of Alphonse is only hoping to find a place to rest his soul. His spirit has been known to take a visitor's hand in it as he pulls them to a stop, and he smiles at him and asks them to bring him home. But what is home? What's this home that he speaks of? We don't know. That's unknown. 
those apparition has been seen gathering flowers off of other graves and placing the offerings on his own tomb, it's thought that Alphonse may have been murdered or betrayed by someone of the uh, Benid family or even uh, uh, one of the other more famous families there in uh, New Orleans at the time. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But for every time a visitor steps near the Panid family tomb, Alphonse appears to warn them to stay away. So there's got to be a story there. It seems that it's going to forever remain with Alphonse, the ghost who only wants to find his home. And there is the number one most haunted cemetery, according to me, Sandman, in the United States, St. Louis Cemetery Number 1, New Orleans, Louisiana. So to recap, number five, Hollywood Forever Cemetery, Los Angeles, California. Most famous spirit there, the woman in black. Number four, Bonaventure Cemetery in Savannah, Georgia. The most famous spirit there is the little girl, Gracie Watson. But the most freaky one is the pack of dogs. Number three, Bachelors Grove Cemetery, Chicago, Illinois. The Lady in White is the most famous spirit there. Number two, Union Cemetery in Easton, Connecticut. Once again, the dreaded Lady in White is the most famous spirit there. Number one, St. Louis Cemetery, number one in New Orleans, Louisiana. Most famous spirit there, that of the voodoo queen, Marie Laveau. And that, ladies and gentlemen, are my top five most haunted cemeteries in the United States. And that does it for this episode of Parareality. I certainly hope that you enjoyed tonight's tales. Let me know what your ideas and thoughts about them are. Send me that email to sandman at parareality.com or get in touch with me through my social media accounts. That would be Facebook, Parareality page on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. Look me up on Twitter and Instagram. My account on both of those, at Radio. That's at Radio on both Twitter and Instagram. You can also call the studio line, 615 615- Six nine two one one seven zero, and leave me your message or your comment. I also encourage you to visit out my website, parareality.com, because that's a place where you can keep up on all the latest paranormal news from all around the world if you are a paranormal news junkie. I've got an entire page of the website devoted to paranormal news, and the content is updated almost daily. Just go to parareality.com and click on the Paranews tab at the top of the page. While you're there, you can also shop in the Parareality store and watch some of the terrible videos that I've made for the show over the course of the years. Now, recently, I've updated my website, added some content, and moved some pages around and made it a little bit more user-friendly, I think, so be sure to check out parareality.com often. Now, if you're one of those people who don't really do social media or you don't 
have a Facebook account or you don't do Twitter or you don't do Instagram. Maybe you don't do all three or maybe you only do one of the three or any combination of the two, but you don't want to create an account just to follow the podcast, but you like the podcast and you're like, man, I would like to know what's going on. I'd like to know what he tweets out or what's on his Facebook page or what's on his Instagram or whatever, but you don't really want to create an account. Don't worry because I got you covered. There's now an entire page of Parareality.com devoted solely to my social media account. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Every Facebook post or tweet or Instagram picture that I do can be found right there on Parareality.com. So why don't you go over there and check it out? You don't have to create a social media account if you don't want to. But social media is where you can find out all the things that's happening behind the scenes of the podcast. That's where I post a lot of interesting articles, show topics, and other interesting stuff like my travels and investigations, my opinion on some things, which may not be too popular, but I don't care. You know, Parareality.com is really your one-stop shopping for everything that's going on, not only with Parareality, but in the paranormal world. Now, this podcast, Parareality, can be heard on your favorite podcast station just search do a search for parareality and if you've got a smart speaker you can listen there too if you have any of those podcast stations activated on your skills on your device just say play the parareality podcast now i've also got a youtube account and you can listen to the podcast there too it's also got uh some great videos like UFO and paranormal documentaries, my new segment that I did called News of the Strange. I'm hopefully going to bring that back. Thanks to hashtag COVID, I kind of had to stop doing that. Um, but uh, hopefully I'm going to bring that back. It's, it's got some of those terrible show videos that I did on my very short-lived web TV show, which was horrible, horrible, horrible. But I put it up there for your entertainment anyway. So to find the channel, I got to do is go to youtube.com slash user slash Parareality. That's youtube.com slash user slash parareality. Or you can just go to YouTube and do a search for parareality1. That's parareality1. I also have a Patreon account for the podcast, and I would love it if you'd sign up to be a patron. There are three tiers of support, and all are extremely affordable at $5 a month or less. Each level offers exclusive content along with the ability to help create podcast episodes and even the chance to be a guest or a co-host on the podcast. So to learn more or to become a member of Chaos, the Knowledgeable Apprentices of Sandman, that's what I call my patrons, head on over to patreon.com slash parareality and join. 100% of the proceeds from Patreon and from my shop goes back into producing this podcast and to help maintain high quality. I do not make a dime off of this. And, uh, yeah, I would appreciate your support. And I have to let you know that Parareality is now a proud member of the Straight Up Strange Podcast Network. We've got over 20 podcasts that are associated with this network. So if you want to check out more great podcasts on the paranormal, true crime, conspiracy theories, haunted tales, you name it, head on over to straightupstrange.com and check out all of the great podcasts that we've got in our network. I am super excited 
Super stoked to be a member of this family, and I thank the Straight Up Strange Network for graciously allowing me to be associated with them. So if you want to know, get some uh, new podcast to listen to and you're into stuff like this, head on over to straightupstrange.com and you'll find a list of the over 20 podcasts that are a member of our network. Everyone, the next episode of Parareality is going to air on March 5th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope that this podcast opens your mind up to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope you have a wonderful evening, a wonderful weekend, and I will see you again in two weeks. If you wish to change... You must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.